Time for Tea with Makita is a podcast about redefining self-care. It's about looking at every aspect of our life from music, career, family, relationships, and everything in between. It's about spilling tea on those conversations that are sometimes hard to have. Well, we're not afraid to have those conversations right here. Join me as we spill tea on every conversation you ever thought about, dreamed about, or whispered about. Hey, y'all, it's definitely time for some tea. Hello, my friends, and welcome back. It is time for some tea, and I'm your host, Makita. I want to thank you for just sharing your time, your space, and your energy with me today. Now, I know you've all heard this saying, he who angers you conquers you. I'm going to say that one more time. He who angers you conquers you. And that statement is so powerful because we've all experienced the power of anger, which is why we are spilling some really hot tea today with William Kazelman, domestic balance, divorce consultant, and trauma coach. And he's here to spill some amazing tea to talk about really anger, but also talk about narcissism. So William, thank you for coming on and, you know, sharing, shedding some light on that subject and spilling some hot tea. Sure. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for the privilege of being here. And uh, how may I uh, be of value and service to your audience? Well, let's just talk a little bit about you have a lot of experience when it comes to um, dealing with narcissism, as well as a lot of, of other things. But when it comes to anger, can you just give a us a little bit of background on what you do? Sure, sure. So professionally for the last 15 years, I've been investigating special victims cases for those who don't watch the TV show or don't know what that is. And that's absolutely cool. What a special victims case is, is sex abuse, human sex trafficking, domestic violence, child abuse. Basically, it's the heavy, heavy stuff that usually takes more time. And I work for a specialized elite division of the government. It's considered New York City, but it's also New York State. It's a long story to explain, but long story short, I do it in the five boroughs of uh, New York City itself. But we also sometimes will work in New York State. And sometimes we will not just make phone calls, but with certain protocols and procedures, we will go outside the state and sometimes even internationally to go try and help a child or help an adult when it comes to, again, sex abuse, human trafficking, um, child abuse, domestic violence, that kind of stuff. Wow. So that's that's a lot. Um, what kind of led you to pivot in that direction? Or is, was that always something you love to do, like help other people or? Yeah. So helping others, yes. But I don't think anyone wakes up one morning and says, especially as a child, and go, yeah, I want to be a special victims investigator. Like imagine a four-year-old child or a 10-year-old <laughs> child saying that. And then like the parents like, what does special victims mean? Like you have that like weird conversation with a kid going on that kind of thing. But, you know, all kidding aside, because I try to add some humor because it can be a very heavy topic and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But bottom line is I was actually in a, um, a program at school. I was in university and grad school. Uh, mm -hmm. joint program and a couple of my colleagues in grad school or fellow classmates, I should say, in, in grad school, they were working for the agency that I work for now. And the plan, you're going to laugh, but the plan was to only do what I do for three years, not more, 
and then go and into whether it's an IO psych, industrial organizational psychology, or uh, being a clinical psychologist or some version of psychology, 15 years later, jokes on me, I'm still with the agency. And, you know, I do, you know, enjoy helping people. And I've still been, I'm still there. Uh, but um, it's come to a time where I know that time is not on my side. I mean, I'm not, I'm not old, but I'm not, you know, as young as 25, 30 anymore. And there will be a time when I have to transition. So I wanted to transition earlier than later. So it's on my terms and I'm able to help as many people as possible as well as early and quickly as possible, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I can understand that that's a very challenging career too, as well. And you've been doing it for a very long time. So I know there's some points in there when you have it, you've experienced the anger and the frustration of, you know, the system not necessarily working in the victim's uh, favor. What has that experience been like? Yeah. <laughs> so th that gets, I will use the word interesting. So without getting clinical, it's very easy mm -hmm. for someone like myself, my colleagues, you know, coworkers, for us to get, you know, what's called vicarious PTSD, which is not that we lived the trauma when it happened, but we live the trauma by hearing about it after the fact, especially if we're in the mm -hmm. ER and the survivor, I use the word survivor. So the survivor is talking about it as if it just happened because it basically did just happen. And for them, it's still raw, it's still fresh, it's still essentially present. It's not exactly present, but it's present enough for them. And so you really do take in not just the information, but the feelings, and there's a response that you have. And a lot of times, especially if you're a healthy adult, you're going to be angry, you're going to be annoyed, you're going to be frustrated with how could someone do something like that? How could someone say something like that? How can someone do and say, or whatever the scenario is, you know, these things should not happen, especially in the 21st century, especially in the United States, especially in New York state and New Jersey and the tri-state area, in terms of all the stuff that we have available and all the resources and counseling and social workers and caseworkers and all that good stuff. And it's natural mm -hmm. to have a, a response you know, or a reaction really. Because if you're reacting, it's not, it's not, it, a reaction is raw where a response is measured. In other words, you're, you've collected yourself enough where you're not just, you know, like, like a knee-jerk reaction. Like, you know, you hit that, the, the doctor hits that with that thingy, whatever the hell it's called, hit your knees and your knee go back, goes back and forth. That's, that's a reaction. But a response is you've thought about it a little bit and you're, you're sort of, it's like measured. It's, it's a better word for it. The word's not coming to me. It's, it's basically you've taken a bit of time to make sure that you're in control of what you're now giving out after having experienced whatever you're experiencing. So, so it's, it's more of the you got used to responding versus reacting in those situations Correct. because our anger it takes time though yeah it i'm i'm i think it, it it all takes time because i know that for the last year for me learning how to respond versus react has been it's been challenging at times because 
I always have to remember that when I am reacting, I'm giving someone else power. And now this situation has consumed me and I don't want anything or any, you know, situation to have that much control. So at the same time, it's also about taking yeah. back that power. Oh, yeah, I feel. Absolutely. And we, we discussed this exact, exact point, you know, before we're, we're now here. And, uh, you know, for, for me, it's 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 easy for a person to say, hey, they said whatever they did, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or the system did whatever, the mm-hmm. system said whatever, or whatever's going on, whether it's a, a business or a company or an entity or a thing, or even a, um, I don't know, an advertisement, you know, commercial on the, on, the, on the TV or whatever the case is, to trigger something, trigger a response, you know, if it's not your political thing, or your, it's not your, you know, I don't know, religious thing, or not your whatever thing, right? And by, mm-hmm. by having that reaction, where you're not in complete control, in my opinion, like you basically said, you, you're lowering yourself, first of all, in terms of status. You're no, you're no longer equal to whatever the other person or group or entity or whatever that person or whatever is. And more importantly, you're giving away of yourself what the other person wouldn't, or the other group or whatever wouldn't even take from you. They don't want your anger. They don't want your reaction, they don't want any of that stuff, yet you're giving it freely, openly, willingly, essentially. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they now have more than what they ever, ever wanted in the first place. And, and then to reverse that in terms of thoughts and emotions and behaviors or habits, because behaviors, habits is almost the same thing. And to reverse mm-hmm. it is actually 10 times harder. Well, well, it's harder. I would say 10 times, but it's harder. And in terms of the science and all that, those pieces, you know, it's hours of meditation, it's hours of rewiring, especially if it becomes an actual mm-hmm. habit where th- those pathways are there. And so you really are giving of your power away because now you then have to work harder to change whatever it is you want to change in the way you want to change it. In other words, you don't want to get angry so quickly. You don't want to get angry because it's a, I don't know, the scent of mint and mint bothers you. I'm making this up. And and it takes a lot harder, a lot more work to then change your mindset, change your thoughts, your emotions, your behaviors and habits, you know, to not react, but to respond when it comes to, again, mint or mint ice cream or whatever the heck we'll go with this example. So, you know, it's a, it's a big deal. You know, giving away your power is a big deal. It's a very big deal. It is. I like the fact that you mentioned the change in the mindset to, you know, change in thought, change in mindsets, change in patterns and routines around how you deal with certain um, issues or things that, you know, anger you or frustrate you that causes you to step out of your normal behavior. But what is, is there any like one key thing when you're coaching people that, you know, those survivors or people that, you know, need to they're angry, you know, sometimes, you know, our, our hurt turns to anger and it's easier sometimes to deal with the anger than deal with the pain of what just happened. Is there any particular advice that you give to the people you work with to kind of help them to cope and measure and deal with that? Yeah, I do. But I also want to add something if I, if I may, if that's okay, which is Mm -hmm. it's not just how we cope in terms of a thought, emotions, whatever feelings, whatever it is, but it could also be, I start spending more money. 
I start buying more things. I start eating more. I could even become a workaholic. I could become an alcoholic. I could become, you know, get hooked on drugs or whatever. There's usually some sort of ism or whatever, some sort of thing that you now do a bit more of as a reaction, not a response, but a reaction because you're trying to cope. Mm. Especially, I would say, probably a little bit more men than women in general. I'm being very general now. And because guys don't always have the right tools to respond, they sometimes react more, but it's not that much different. And it's not only like I was saying, it's not only with words or or emotion. It, it really it, it really does become um, you can see it very easily when we're talking about you know, behaviors and patterns and that kind of stuff. Maybe you sleep more or you wake up later and you're rushing to work instead of being the early early bird or the early worm or whatever you want to call it to work. Now, when it comes to just the emotion, the feeling and coping on that level, one of the key things that I do, so I have a, a method that I use when it comes to dealing with someone who's manipulative or controlling or that kind of stuff, but it applies to everything. And I've actually thought it through. Mm-hmm. And the acronym is WET, W-E-T, okay? Because no one wants to get wet. No one ha- wants to have that feeling of being wet for six hours, 10 hours, 20 hours, whatever. Your skin gets raw, numb, whatever the case is, it bothers you. And no one wants to be bothered or annoyed. Mm-hmm. So that's why I use the term wet because no one wants to get annoyed. And so wet stands for words, emotions, and time. Okay. And so when ultimately what we're trying to do is lower the mountain. People, when they when they have a trauma or they have an issue or they have a reaction, they're like, oh crap, this is a lot. Oh crap, this is too much. Oh crap, whatever. I'm feeling overwhelmed. And that mountain is much higher than it really is supposed to be, or really actually is. And when you start to look at each small mm-hmm. piece, you're like, wait a second, I can handle that. I can handle that. I've done this before. I've done that before. I've done whatever before. You know, you can handle these things. And so the mountain really ends up being more like a hill, usually, for most people. There are times when it's higher. There are times when there's issues. And there's ways to work through that as well. But for most people, just focusing on the mountain and then saying, okay, well, I just do this one step now this next step, this next step, or deal with this issue first and that issue second, you're making that mountain into a hill. And just by doing that, having less of an overwhelming feeling is like 10 times the battle just then and there. Now, in terms of wet again, just hone in for that first split second, words, because thoughts lead Mm -hmm. to words, but thoughts lead to emotions or feelings, and also they lead you know, to, to behaviors and, 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 and actions and so on and so forth. So if you're able to focus on your words and your thoughts and not react, but respond to whatever's going on, whether it's a person or just something, a bad thing happened, a hurricane came through, God forbid, or whatever the case is, or whatever you believe in, okay? Um, but, you know, there's that in terms of how you, again, your uh, feelings and your reaction to that. There's also in terms of words. So there's the emotions, the feelings, the words, how you react or respond. And then time, do you react right away? Or are you able to hold back and say, you know what, I'll take a deep breath. And breathing, also being aware of your senses, what you see, what you hear, breathing, all those pieces, by changing how you react or respond, 
your nervous system then changes. So by taking a breath, and I do a lot of breath work among other tech tools and techniques, but again, it's lowering that mm-hmm. mountain in this case now with breath work. Before I mentioned words, emotions, you know, time, whatever. But part of time is taking it a split second slower. If you're a fast walker, walk a little bit slower. If you're a fast talker, which I can be sometimes, talk a little bit slower. Change that rhythm, change that pace, and your nervous system changes now. You do it enough over time, and your nervous system has a different baseline. And that is huge. So if you're reacting, if there's a trauma, and there's a coping issue, by changing your nervous system and how it's reacting, because it's usually not something that you want to do, it's something that's happening. So by changing it from a reaction to a response, that's huge. And breathing is one of the many things that I, I do you know, work on or discuss or whatever. And again, that's part of the overall idea of lowering that mountain into a hill. So I'm a big advocate when it comes to breathing techniques and breathing through um, emotions and things that are happening. Um, really transformed my life, really. Um, I did love the I love the acronym for wet. And I love the fact that you mentioned about dealing with people that are controlling because that kind of moves into that narcissist component that we were talking about mentioned earlier. So how does all of that play and relate in into everything? So narcissists are really big on being controlling, being manipulative, being dominant, those kinds of pieces. Some people, and I will use this, and I'm, it's not a hundred percent, but it's close enough that most mm-hmm. narcissists or again, people are manipulative, dominant, et cetera. They're usually adult children, man, child, woman, child, whatever word you want to use. Okay. Where a child who doesn't get their way, they throw a tantrum. Okay. Or a child who isn't used to a word better yet, a child whose rhythm changes. They go to bed later, they go to bed earlier. The, the, the meal time changes, the whatever changes, they change time zones, whatever the case is you change those pieces, they're now reacting or throwing a tantrum or behaving in a way that isn't like an adult, that isn't measured, that isn't calmer, that isn't more of a coping aspect to it, whatever. It's just, well, this is how I feel, and bah, whatever it is, okay? It just gets blurted out, mm-hmm. right? In whatever which way, you know? And so, again, going back to that same point of lowering that mountain from a mountain to a hill, having you know a way to look at it where it's calmer you're coping better words emotions time so with words it really is important to say you know i hear what you're saying or whatever it is there's some people that say use a certain script i actually am not a big believer in that in fact i'm just coming out with a, a mini ebook that I will give you the information for at the end of, of the, the, the this, you know, session or podcast or recording. And mm-hmm. people can, can understand, you know, my point of view through my, my ebook and it's free. Um, it's a value of X amount of the dollars, but again, it's no cost for your listeners. And so, you know, bottom line is if a person takes a time to think of the words that they're using, because words and thoughts are very close, closely linked. So if you're able to take the time to say, oh, I'll use this word instead of that word. So if we're talking about a narcissist, it's, 
I hear what you're saying, or, hey, that makes sense, or, hey, you know, I never thought, of, thought about that point. You know, let me think about it some more, I'll get back to you. The key aspect for a narcissist with words is, I hear your point, not I hear you, because that's usually not like, it's more of a canned, it's more of a psychobabble kind of deal. It's more like, I hear your point, I hear what you're saying, whatever the case is. But most importantly, I didn't think of it that way. Let me think about it and get back to you. That's the most important thing. I didn't think about mm-hmm. it that way. Let me think about it. I'll get back to you. Don't say thank you or please or those kinds of things. That changes status. You always want to establish yourself as going forward. Now, if you've done things in the past, it is what it is. You move forward and you change how you're going to respond, not react to a narcissist or again, someone who's controlling, manipulative, et cetera, dominant, whatever. And your feelings, again, breath work, take a split second. <sighs> okay, I'm feeling this, but how do I want to convey? What do I want to do or say? I believe that you do have to respond to a narcissist because if you if you look at the studies with children, and again, narcissist, children, that whole comparison, if you ignore a child, not only is there psychological damage to the child, but the children immediately in the studies that I've seen, the children will start to throw a tantrum, they'll scream, they'll yell, they'll whatever, whether it's attention, whether it's other pieces, a different story, but they will have a reaction and it's behavioral in the way it's done. Just like a dominant person, manipulative person will start to throw a quote unquote tantrum in whichever way it is. So it's important to respond, but you don't have to say very much. You can just say, never thought of that before. Okay, thinking about it, I'll get back to you. You don't have to say when, mm-hmm. you don't have to say where or why or who or whatever. You just have to say, I got your message. Let me think about it. I'll get back to you. Yeah, I feel like when you're dealing with those type of people, when you, like you said, if you take the time to like not respond right away and allow yourself the freedom to take back the count of the power versus them, you responded in an angry way. And then because they're usually a narcissist or those manipulative people are really good about honing in on your weakness and then flipping it around to make you feel guilty for your anger. And now they're back in the the control power seat. And now they're back to controlling your emotions, making you feel bad for an emotion that you probably just... (laughs) had every right to feel. And and now like you just, it's the power mm-hmm. dynamic is changing. So I love the idea of using, being able to use that acronym WET in every situation when dealing with lots of different people. Yeah, and it's important to let them think that they're still feeding, even though they really aren't. Or let them mm-hmm. think that they're in charge. And by saying, hey, you know, got your message, thinking about it, haven't thought about about it this way before, that lets them think that they're still in charge. They're still the ones who are manipulating you, even though they're not anymore, because, you know, you have these kinds Mm -hmm. of tools. There's other authors and other tools out there too, um, you know, that can be helpful. We can debate how helpful, but that's not for now. But ultimately they all, they all sort of, but bottom line is all the research sort of comes to the same points, which is what I'm mentioning now. Okay, Mm -hmm. and so most of these ideas, most of the tools and acronyms that are all out there, different books and stuff, it's more or less the same. There's just different tweaks here and styles here or there that, you know, is a preference or whatever. It's nothing bad or good or indifferent. 
Um, but it really is important to let the other person who's a manipulative person, a controlling person, a dominant person, to keep letting them think that they're in control because otherwise they're going to react and respond. Remember, they've had years, if not decades of training and they, they apply mm -hmm. the same training, the same words, the same patterns to everybody. And so it's super important to let them think they're in control because ultimately once you get good at this kind of stuff, you can then push the envelope when you need to, you know what's coming, you then respond appropriately on top of that and you're able to really put, put them in a corner if you have to. But if you're not good at this, you don't have all the tools, you don't have all the experience, start with wet, start there <laughs> and make sure that they think that they yeah. are in control even though that they're not anymore, so. Love that. Well, thank you so much for just coming on and sharing all of that, you know, delicious tea and giving my audience an opportunity to find different ways not only to cope with anger, but to, but to deal with in an effective way, you know, narcissists or controlling people, manipulative people. Um, I will ask you a question. I ask every guest that comes on. Um, and I know you've seen a lot and done a lot, but when it comes to living life unapologetically, how would you define that? That's a great question. Uh, there's a good friend of mine who's actually known as the No Excuses Coach. His name is Christopher Rausch. And I was actually recently on his podcast, um, but we've been friends for six months already or, that, or even more or whatever. And ultimately, if I, you, whoever lives in fear, you're giving your power to somebody else. The same idea before, like we talked about when it comes to reacting, when it comes to anger, mm -hmm. when it comes to uh, even other feelings, right? If, and I, I don't mean like be bad to somebody else or harm somebody else or say harmful words to somebody else. I'm saying as long as everything stays equal and everyone's equal in that sense, then do what you want to do. You know, I'm not saying speed, of course, make sure we're very, very clear, but, you know, do what you want to do in the sense of take that trip, obviously spend appropriately, do uh, uh, be um, financially responsible, but build up, take that trip, build up, make that phone call, go on that hike, go do what it is, make the time. If it means that you have to have more structure, have more structure, whatever it is, everyone has, you know, their, their, their deficiencies, their issues, their whatever. Okay, so you take some time, you figure out whatever it is that's holding you back. Okay, I'm not good at planning. I'm not good at structure. I'm not good at time management. I'm not good at whatever it is. Work on that a little bit or whatever it is, and bam, you then get to whatever goal it is. It's so important to celebrate with goals. Positive emotions change us internally in terms of how all of, all of the stuff fires and wires and all that kind of stuff. It, it, it helps in terms of the chemicals inside of our bodies. It helps in terms of feeling good. And all those things impact our thoughts. And the thoughts then could ricochet back into, again, the feelings and the chemicals. So it's so important to feel good and do things that feel good. So if you're with a partner and you guys like to make love, make some more love, okay? I'm not saying every hour, but whatever's appropriate. But again, feeling good in the appropriate way, it's important, you know? And I, I do want to sort of bring this other last piece to the listeners, if I, if I may, for not too long, like two, three minutes, whatever it is. And because, again, I didn't mention this before, and you asked the question, I sort of shortchanged it and whatever. You know, I believe that, you know, people do want to understand a bit more 
you know, in terms of the person they're listening to, you know, who am I, what am I, what have I done, whatever that kind of stuff. So super quick, in terms of my bio, quote unquote, you know, whatever, some accomplishments and that kind of thing. You know, I've helped over a thousand parents and children, mostly parents, when it comes to overcoming trauma, especially when it comes to divorce and co-parenting and that kind of stuff. Uh, my job for the government is to go into what I call the fire, which is basically when stuff is going on, whether it's, you know, weapons being used or words being used or things going on or child alienation or who knows what. My job is to knock on that door and go inside, fight that fire, so to speak, not a real fire, but fight the fire, whatever, put the fire out, handle things and then make sure afterwards there's a proper plan going forward to, to handle these things. So I've, I've stared down narcissists in the home or the emergency room or publicly or supermarket or whatever the case is. And so I have that expertise where I've essentially interacted with, spoken to, talked to, you know, whatever, hundreds of them. And you learn their patterns, you learn their behaviors, you learn all that kind of stuff. But more importantly, in terms of my personal experiences, again, as to why I know what I know, and this is, I think is, is also important. It's as a child, I was severely bullied for a long time. There was a trauma from a dominant parent. I don't mention who, I don't think it's appropriate because they birthed me, even though I don't think they should have treated me the way they treated me, whole different topic, but out of respect, they still gave me birth and life and so on and so forth. So um, a child abused by a dominant parent. I saw in high school that I could make a difference. The same children who bullied me very intensely ended up voting for me. And there was a whole triumph story with that, which is very, very cool. And that propelled mm -hmm. me. And again, those, those positive emotions are so important. Those good, good feelings are so important. They really can push and can show a person, hey, I can make it. Oh, I didn't work through a lot of my feelings or lag. That is, that's amazing. Now tell people where they can connect with you, where they can um, find you. What's your social handles? So you can find me on Facebook. You can look me up as William Kesselman. I go by Will, but I changed my name so many times on Facebook that it's William there. Just true story. Facts are facts. Uh, you can go to control and A-N-D, power strategy. It's one word, controlandpowerstrategy.com, which is the name of the company. Uh, you can go to uh, take uh, men take control of your divorce before she does as the Facebook group. Or for women, uh, take control of your divorce before he does. Those are the two handles on, on, on uh, the Facebook groups on Facebook. Uh, you can email me if you want, uh, controlandpowerstrategy at gmail.com. Uh, and if you want to get the free ebook, uh, that's my suggestion. Well, it's not free. It's, it's complimentary. It's no cost to your listeners. Um, and it's a pretty decent value. But long story short is email me if you wish. Uh, there'll, be, there'll be links all over social media. Uh, the other handles are C underscore P underscore strategy, which is short for control and power strategy. So C underscore P underscore strategy, uh, Twitter, IG, et cetera. And I'll be coming out with a lot of material uh, when it comes to TikTok and YouTube in the next couple of weeks. So, but thank you again for having me. I do appreciate it. And uh, yes, thank you so much. And guys, don't worry. I will have all of that um, information in the show notes. Thank you so much for being an amazing guest. Um, everyone stay tuned. We'll do some more key takeaways. All right, you guys, it is time for some key takeaways. And let's just be honest. Anger is an emotion that we've all felt. We've all dealt with anger at one point in our life or another. Some of us are still dealing with unresolved anger. And it can be all-consuming. And at times, it can be a struggle to deal with your anger effectively in a healthy way. The one thing that you should always remember, though, is that you control the outcome. You have the power. 
I loved Will's acronym of WET. WET stood for words, emotions, and time, because what you say in a moment actually matters. The emotions you feel have impact. And the time that you spend holding on to anger can be so consuming that you forget what's most important in life. Now, I'm going to leave you with this quote by the Dalai Lama. And it says, There are only two days in the year that nothing can be done. One is called yesterday, and the other is called tomorrow. So today is the right day to love, believe, do, and mostly live. I hope that something in this conversation, you know, moved you or gave you some great insight. And if you know someone that needs to hear this, please pass it along. Please share it. All right, you guys, that is all the tea that I have to spill today. But don't forget to join me next Tuesday as we spill more delicious hot tea. Until next time, namaste.